0: Welcome to Wide Receiver One, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. I'm your host, Chris Carter, Pro Football Hall of Fame Wide Receiver. And today I'm very excited to talk to reigning Super Bowl champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Wide Receiver Mike Evans. The Texas native was the seventh overall pick in the 2014 NFL Draft. Out of Texas A&M And man what a stellar rookie year he had 68 receptions, over a thousand yards And 12 touchdowns Setting franchise records with the Buccaneers The three time pro bowler And newly minted Super Bowl champion Is ready for the new season Feeling like this year's team Is better than last year Could there be a repeat In this year's Super Bowl? Mike Evans thinks so We're also going to get into Who the man is under the helmet from his humble beginnings to his charity work off the field. Stay tuned for my interview with wide receiver Mike Evans.
1: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks.
0: Today, I'm very, very excited because we have one of the Super Bowl reigning champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wide receiver Mike Evans. Now, Mike, there is so much to your story. I don't think people really know who you are. So even in me getting on the podcast today, I was telling you that and you was like, no, man, don't tell people. I don't want people to know that that trait of laying low is not the typical Um, wide receiver trait so who is Mike Evans and why do you have that internally that I want to be behind the scenes I don't know man
1: that's just how I've always been you know I'm I'm from Galveston Texas uh you know I I just worked hard all my life to try to get to to reach my goals and uh you know I've been blessed and put in this position to You know, not only just do, you know, what I love is play football and, uh, you know, provide for my family, but also provide for others uh, that are in need. And, uh, you
0: know, I just I love doing that and uh, I take joy in that. You seem to be a player that's got a great deal of balance in your life. Um, I know you've been surrounded by a lot of women in your life. You got three daughters.
1: Yeah. um, Two two daughters. You got got two daughters. A
0: son. And you, you have your significant partner. Um, there in your life. But it all started with your mom. And to me, that was yep. kind of one of the stories that not only your size and your ability that attracts me to you, it's your story about your mom. My mom had seven kids before the age of 25, got kicked out of high school. Everyone told her she was going to be a failure in life, but she went on to make something of her life and made her kids make something of their life. Can you kind of give me the Mike Evans story, um, your mom and some of the hardships? that you experienced in those early days that made you into the person who you are today? Well, my mother
1: showed me, you know, how it's done. And uh, to no matter what hand you're dealt, you can always find a way to, to become successful and, and accomplish what you want to accomplish. And um, looking back on it, you know, we were, you know, a, a poor family, but she never made it seem like that because she worked so hard and she made sure we we had everything we needed, you know, the new toys, the new shoes that came out. She always made sure we had the best, even though she didn't have much. So she just taught me that, you know, that work ethic, you know, early on and, you know, that you can just achieve you know, what you want to achieve.
0: My mother was the same way. Um, she was the driving force and uh, setting our goals when we were younger. But it's just amazing mm-hmm. when you grew up in those situations that, you know, to me, I didn't have a father. Um, your father was taken from you um, at an early age. Yeah. Can you kind of explain that story? Um, with you losing your father and how that has also helped develop some other things that you do off the field Um, as far as a Walter Payton um, nominee there for the Tampa Bay and you, and and Mm -hmm. you're doing some great things off the field.
1: Yeah. um, You know, I lost my dad when I was nine years old. Um, I I guess a domestic violence issue. Uh, My story is on e 60. If anybody wants to see it, like the most of it's pretty accurate. Um, You know, my uncle, Murdered my father. Uh, he's in prison now, um, life in prison. Uh, but you know that that was a tough situation. Um, you know, growing up, and it definitely angered me a lot. And uh, you know, not having my father around. But you know, I was blessed with a lot of mentors and a lot of you know great people in my life to help me get through that time. And you know, my mom obviously she was the rock. But we definitely had you know other people to to help out. Um, I had a great group of friends. You know, growing up and in the CDI. I grew up in Galveston, Texas. It was it was such a you know a tough city, but the people cared about each other like truly. So a lot of good athletes in Galveston. You are yes, sir, you know it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. A lot of great ones. But um everything, you know,
0: in life happens mm-hmm. for a reason. And I definitely just you know had a lot of help, you know, along the way. When you're in a town like that, it seems like people do rally around each other, and especially the youth coaches. Now, I don't know yeah. what they saw in you. I know you had a basketball background, didn't play high school yeah. football until your senior year. And at that time, you had far more offers um, to play college basketball. Talk to yeah. me about one of your youth coaches that really helped steer your life in the right direction when you were young.
1: Well, the people that do know my story and they do know me, that they they know Coach, Coach Terry Petaway uh, is a legend in Galveston, Texas. Um, I look at him like a father figure. Um, he's my mentor. You know, that's what I tell most people. But um, definitely, he was there for me at a time of need. And he's there for so many other kids. And he he brought up so many other kids uh, the same way. Uh, but I initially started playing football for him. And my dad died. And then luckily, you know, I was playing on his Little League football team. And he showed me, he, he showed me how to be a man. And, um, and just watching him, you know, he was a great role model for me. Um, but, yeah, if anybody knows me and my story, they know that he's uh, very near and dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, I played AAU basketball for him all the way up until I was, you know, 17. So, you know, from eight to 17. So I've, I've been around him
0: a long, long time. I have a little basketball in my background. My brother played in the NBA. I thought I was going to be playing um, in the <laughs> NBA, but basketball is a fun it sport. It really ain't. is. And, and it's far more difficult to be good at or great at. Um, than than football is. So tell me, even as a big receiver, because this is one thing that's intriguing to Mm. me, because you do realize that height and being a wide receiver is a disadvantage as far as running routes and breaking and getting down. Because People don't understand that, though. Because the higher your hip joint is off the ground, the harder it is to break down. So you're one of the great route runners that we have. How did you get out of you, being a basketball you. player and just posting people up, trying to moss people mm-hmm. compared to I've seen you transition that you've been more of a technician yep. the last three or four years than your first three or four years of your NFL career? Yep.
1: Man, I love having this wide receiver talk because you you know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, you hit that right on the head, man. I. I was I was very unpolished when I came into the league. Obviously, uh, you know I had you no know, ability in my size and you know can catch the ball. But you know I just started to watch you know everybody's film. And I, I just learned from everybody else, just watching their film. And you know, each year I just always wanted to get better at route running because you know I, I'm six five. Mm-hmm. You know I can run, jump, and do all those things. But if I, if that's all you can do, then you're limited. So I, I just don't want to be a limited player. And each year I focus on route running and I just watch the guys around me, watch guys around the league, watch the legends, yourself included, uh, Randy, watch a lot of Calvin Johnson and to watch how those guys bend and just be creative in their routes. Uh, it's really uh, art form. And I just love, you know, just taking bits and pieces of other great wide receivers games.
0: And since you've been in the league, you've been a dominant player, seven seasons, 7,000 yard seasons, numerous NFL records, a bunch of Tampa Bay records, like even right now, because I'm always taking an interest in the wide receiver in the landscape. If I had three votes to the players that are currently playing, they're going to get a gold jacket one day. You know, one of those votes I got to give to you and people might be surprised. They'd be like, wow, Mike Evans would get one of those votes. Yes. Devontae Adams would get one of those votes. And DeAndre Hopkins would get one of those votes. And there's probably one or two I might build. but right now, as far as what you've done, and people would be surprised, you broke Randy Moss's six straight thousand yard seasons. And I was there for the first four of those. So, so I knew exactly what he did. And I just think, even with playing in Tampa Bay, getting into the playoffs for the first time, that you're still one of the most underrated players that we have playing the game.
1: I appreciate you, man. That means a lot coming from you. I mean, I'll take your opinion over, you know, just a a, a guy that hasn't played before for sure. So I appreciate. I mean, the that. numbers
0: don't lie. I mean, you have. I'm not. I'm not going to call them out because they'll be upset. But but you have numbers already <laughs> as far as catches and touchdown. The guys that got gold jackets have already.
1: Yeah, different times. You know, it's evolution as well. You know, of the game and. You know, how it goes from a lot, a lot of a lot of passing now and, and things like that. But
0: one of the things, and I'll move on, one of the things in getting a gold jacket is consistency. And that's what you've been able wow. to do. You've been very, very productive um, throughout your career. I want to go a little bit off the field because we talked about, you know, growing up with a single mom, um, we talked about domestic violence issues as far as losing your father um, at a very, very young age. Uh, you have decided that I'm going to be different as an athlete. I'm going to do a lot of things off the field. I'm going to support people in Texas. I'm going to support people um, there in the Tampa Bay area. Give me some of the things that you have brewing uh, with your charities over the next year Mm -hmm. that we can say, wow, look what Michael Evans is doing. Because I I know what you're doing. I know you've been nominated. But I want you to share it with the audience, some of the things that you're involved in. And you're not just about talking about it. But you put your resources and your foundation, which you establish, which make a lot of these things happen.
1: Well, the Mike Evans Family Foundation, you know, each year we give out scholarships to you know you know underserved kids and you know, kids that are making good grades. Uh, we do that in the Galveston um, community. We do that in College Station community, uh, where Texas A&M is at, and we do that in uh, in Florida, uh, the Tampa area. So, you know, this year was our first year of giving out. Uh, thir- the 13 um, scholarships, you know, for my number, we gave out 13 scholarships to kids in those areas. Uh, we also do an endowment fund at Texas a and University of South Florida, you know, each year. We've been doing that for the past four years. And we just give out you know s- scholarships to kids that deserve it. And we also work with, you know, shelters, uh, families that suffer from domestic violence. We donate there all the time. Um, and a lot of other
0: things that you know, I just can't think of on the top of my head. I mean, a lot of players around the league, I think it's one of the hidden gems being in the NFL locker room, is we don't get the notoriety for the good things that, that players are doing. Um, of course, if you do something, it's going to be blown from a negative standpoint, but we don't even have the same intensity on the great things that, that our players are doing. I want you to take me on a journey. All right? I played 16 years in the NFL. Two times I got to the NFC championship game. Never made it to the Super Bowl. And I wasn't one of those kind of people to say, hey, man, you play long enough. You deserve it. No, no. Whoever gets there deserves it. I don't believe in charity. Take me on a journey. And I wanted to go from the first day that you heard Tom Brady might be coming to Tampa to because I was there in Tampa to the confetti dropping yeah. on you and ending with the parade the next day with Tom being a little intoxicated. Take us on a journey, man. <laughs> Cause I've been, I've been dealing, I've, I've been in the NFL since 1987, man. I played in the eighties, nineties, 2000, yeah. been covering the league the last 20 years, but I've never won what you have already. So I need this man. Okay. So take me on a journey. Give so. me some of the details. Maybe from the first time you heard that Tom Brady was coming to town. All right. So when I first heard he was coming,
1: it was like chatter that he was coming. Right. So me and Chris Godwin are talking and Chris Godwin was number 12. So I'm like, Chris Godwin. <laughs> I was like, "What well, if Tom comes, what you what you real doing? He was like, oh, he was like off oh, rip. I got to give up number 12. Easy. No problem. <laughs> if we get Tom Brady. And I was like, all right, smart man. And then you know, a day later, we end up signing him in. He hits me on Instagram and I just seen Tom Brady's name in my mention. I'm like, what the heck? And then he said, you know, excited to get to work with me. And then we worked out like two weeks after that. Mm-hmm. And the rest was history. We, He's the most detailed player I've ever played with. The smartest football player I've ever been around. And it's a reason why, you know, he's so accomplished. I mean, he loves the game of football. He loves his teammates, and he's going to get the best out of everybody around him.
0: What type of ball does Tom Brady throw? Because you had, great, you had, because you had, had your boy. He was one of your groomsmen, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel can fire that thing in college. Y'all, y'all did a big thing. Yeah, John, Johnny was an accurate quarterback, and he threw it. And really Jameis can, can throw it. Now he will throw it James to the opposition well. too. But Jameis can flat throw that football. All quarterbacks <laughs> throw interceptions though. <laughs> But what kind man. of ball does
1: Tom? Throw? I'm happy for Jameis, though. I'm happy for yes. Jameis. They uh, got the got the starting job in New Orleans. But um, man, Tom can really zip it. Uh, they they were talking about he uh, he was losing his arm talent and things like that. But I don't see nothing. He's 44 years old, and you know it's probably even better than last year. How he's spend it right now, making a lot of great throws in practice in the preseason.
0: Has practice become more important to you as a player now that you've partnered with Tom Brady?
1: I've always taken mm-hmm. practice very seriously. Uh, to, to work the crafts, uh, get the looks that we need before we go out into the game. But um, we definitely the reps. Me and Tom get, and he gets with the offense. We need them because you know we we're we're behind a lot of teams that's been together for a long time, and uh, you know we're trying to do something very special, and uh, we need those practice reps. And, and Tom understands that, and uh, you know we all make sure that you know we're out there working.
0: You got to be careful there. Um, You know, I like Chris Godwin. I believe he's one of the most underrated receivers that we have even before Tom got there. But now you guys got Fournette. You guys got Gronk, dominant player throughout his career, gold jacket. Antonio Brown has the numbers. Another gold jacket. Practice must be hell of a competitive with all those great athletes in one huddle. Our defense is
1: fantastic. They give us a run for our money all the time. This camp, I feel like, we know, we gave it to them. But uh, let them tell it. up, will probably taste something different. But uh, it, it's great work. It's great work. You know, to to, to have that mm-hmm. level of competition and that much fun at practice, uh, we definitely get each other better. And uh, you know, iron Sharp learn. Give
0: me one little tidbit um, that you've learned from AB because he's a technician. His releases and everything are, are second mm-hmm. to none, and he studies the game I, of football. He,
1: yes, he does, and he he practices so hard. And he's how old is he? Thirty mm-hmm. three. And he looks fresh. He has a lot of juice. He always wants to go more. Like, he never gets tired. That's one thing that, you know, I wish I could have. or All receivers wish they could have because he's a guy that I've seen never gets tired. And the way he sticks on his routes is what I'm I'm looking at. He just sticks so hard in the ground and, like, doesn't lose, like, his leverage at all. Um, Not many guys can do that, but I'm I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do that.
0: Now give me something from Gronk, something you've picked up from him because there's no – tight end that's been as dominant and there's been no player that's had more fun playing the game than Gronk?
1: Man, Gronk's, I've learned to be more positive because of Gronk, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly, you know, he's like you say, he's a Hall of Fame caliber tight end. Well, he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, when this time this comes. But I've learned in practice, if he drops a pass, misses a block, (laughs) he's like, all right, Mm -hmm. I'll get the next one. And he just, He just keeps smiling and just goes out there and just tries to make the the next play. And he doesn't care. He doesn't beat himself up on the negatives he has. Uh, Like a lot of other guys, you know, we get frustrated and things like that. But he just moves on to the next Mm -hmm. play and uh, in the game as well. He just he's just always positive
0: no matter what. I've been knowing Bruce Arian for a long time. Um, You know, he's got a lot of friends in the business. Uh, What did it feel like for you guys as a squad? Getting him that championship, given what he's been through, um, not only as a coach, but what he went through health wise, um, retiring, coming back into the game and taking that Tampa job, believing that he had a Super Bowl champion there in Tampa.
1: We were all so, so happy for, for B.A. and we're going to try to get him another one because uh, he's a very hardworking coach. Um, you know, he's been through a lot. And, um, you know, I always liked Bruce, Bruce Arians, even before I met him. Uh, I like the way that they game planned against me when he was in Arizona. Um, I thought he was a really smart coach. I like the way that he talked. heard it, heard really great things about him from other players. And when we got him, I was very happy and uh, you know excited to try to get him another Super Bowl championship.
0: Take me through that first playoff game. Um, you guys weren't the favorite oh, mid season. You, you guys are probably like, what the heck is going on? We look like the, yeah. we look like old Tampa. Um, you guys caught fire at the right time, but take. We didn't. We didn't think that. Well, without the internally. Well, we the didn't thing think about that. it in with with COVID and the lack of practice time, yeah. you guys probably figured, man, we mm-hmm. just a play or two away, and that defense was only going to get better. And the offense, you know, the offense we started pretty mm-hmm. slow. The
1: defense started out better than we did yeah. for sure, and we just knew that with time, that just getting more and more time together, that you know we get to where we wanted to go, and you know, ba harped on it all year. We gotta keep fighting. We gotta, you know, stay resilient. And we learned a lot about ourselves, you know, before that bye week. And uh, you know, strung off eight straight. And that first playoff game, it was I I mean, we did everything we had to do to get the win, but it was no fans in the stands, right. like not one. So that kinda sucked. But um, you know, it made for made up for it in New Orleans and Green Bay. They had a, a couple of fans in New Orleans and Green Bay did a did a really good job and the Super Bowl was was cool too.
0: To have fans out there. Take me through you getting ready for the Super Bowl. Like you've been through the season, Tom is there, the, the, the shiny, he's mm-hmm. not a shiny toy anymore. Now yeah. you're going out there, Super Bowl 55. Get me th- what you were thinking about. What'd you eat for pregame? How nervous were you? I wasn't nervous at all. And the tickets are slotted. So
1: I, I bought a suite. I did buy a suite. I bought a suite. Uh, cost me a little bit, but it was worth it. You know, a lot of my family members and, and, and close friends got to, you know, watch that, watch that game. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a strange feeling because everybody all week was talking about their part, the, the parties after and, and what, what they're doing after and making plans. And I'm like, what if we lose? Would, you, would y'all still want to do all this stuff? And they're like, we're not losing. And so I was like, all right, shit, we ain't losing. And then, you know, I started making my own plans. And then, you know, the day of the game, we had a morning activation. And the mood in the little lobby we were in doing our activation, we were, like, doing foam rolling, stretching. And everybody was just hype. Everybody just had a, a confidence about them that they knew that, you know, we were going to get the job done because we had played Kansas City earlier in the season. And, you know, we wanted to, to get our rematch against those guys. And, uh, you know, everybody was well prepared and just very confident.
0: The defense was playing so well. But the story was Tom Brady Legendary going to his tenth Super Bowl. That's unbelievable. I mean, they've only played fifty five. He's been to ten of them. <laughs> how That's was he in the huddle? How was he in the side on the sideline? And I know afterwards you could see that how he was explaining to you to you guys. It's so worth it and so worth the sacrifice.
1: That moment, man, it was it was special. Um, t- Tom, man, he, he did the same thing, you know, all year, just prepped us, you know, before the games, made sure we were all on the same page, you know, as an offense. And he just did the same thing, but just with a little more detail and a little more time. That's all. We just had a little extra meetings um, for the playoff games in the Super Bowl. And he just sent us a little more film than usual uh, for the Super Bowl. And it it got us ready. I mean, we knew what to expect on on most downs. And um, he was a little fired up, a little more fired up than usual, I guess, for the Super Bowl. I mean, his 10th one, the game of
0: games. But he was he was normal when when, uh, the whistle blew. I met with his dad the day before and his dad wasn't worried about the game at all. I was like, well, what are you concerned about? He's like, I'm concerned he'll never quit like this guy. Like this guy doesn't want to, like he doesn't want to quit football. So to me, that's what I was thinking about that Tom Brady. We're gonna see him for a couple more years. Is that what you're thinking too? That's what I'm hoping. I mean,
1: you know, he's he says that, you know, if he if he feels like he can win, um, then he'll keep coming back. So hopefully he, he feels like he can win a few more years.
0: How has this offseason been different than the first offseason? Because we're still in COVID. But we're not totally out of mm-hmm. it. But I know how important it is for Tom Brady to get with his wide receivers to be able to work out, um, work out work on their chemistry in the off season and you guys weren't able to yeah. do that in year number one.
1: Well, I feel like we're miles ahead now. You know, obviously we had the the second half of last season we really started like playing much better and we took that momentum into minicamp and then now training camp in preseason and you know, week ones around the corner. So, you know, I feel like we're we're miles ahead of, of where we were last year. I look forward to seeing what we can do this year. I mean, we're trying to, you know, be one of the best
0: offenses ever. And, uh, you know, we have the talent to do it. We just got to go out there and make it I mean, happen. you have tremendous personnel. Um, you guys were never healthy altogether, let alone Tom not having an offseason. Uh, you guys got A.B. late. You guys got Fournette late. I mean, yeah. th- y- your expectations have to be through the roof to be able to say, man, if we have a whole training camp together. The team that mm-hmm. takes the field against Dallas is a totally different team that took the, the the that first game I think last year in in New Orleans, right?
1: And I mean, and everybody's healthy now too. You know, everybody's healthy, everybody's on the same page. You know, Tom has more than you know. He had a couple months in, into the offense before we played the Saints last year, uh, so you know now you know he knows the the playbook very well. We all know what he expects from us, and um, you know our old
0: line is very underrated as well they're going to be even better than they were last year so give me a couple players on your roster um you're one of the longest tenured players there in Tampa and and when you go through training camp you go through the preseason there's a couple guys that typically kind of pop pop off the film and they might be younger players they might be veteran players just just in the system um, i talked to jpp th- this summer he's so excited mm-hmm. um, he, believe, yeah. he, he thinks that defense is going to be top three in the league, if not the—, the
1: He's confident, and he, he's yeah. a beast, and he's one of our leaders. So, so give sure. me a couple
0: of the guys that, that you have seen through training camp and through offseason that you really think going to pop this year.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of guys are already pretty solidified. Um,
0: you mean like guys that haven't really like burst on the scene Either yet? One. Either one. Guys that you—or guys that haven't been healthy. Mm.
1: That's a lot. I feel like Antonio Brown um, is going to shock some people this year because people don't really mention him anymore like they used to. He was the best receiver in the league until a couple years ago when he he missed almost the whole Mm -hmm. season. He he was the best receiver, in in my opinion, him and Julio. Uh, But he's healthy this year, and he's juiced up. Uh, Chris Godwin's going to be healthy this year. So, obviously, my my two running mates at receiver – Going to do their thing. Tyler Johnson is a second year player. I look for him to make a yeah. big leap for us, make some clutch catches for us last year in the playoffs. Um, defensive side of the ball, I feel like our secondary is going to take that next leap. You no, know, last year, I know they showed some games where they could be dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I look for them to be more consistent and, and really ball out. You know, we got like 6 1 corners. Uh, our safeties, young, hard hitting, smart. You know, I look for our DBs and, and those two receivers that I mentioned or three receivers that I mentioned to to really do something this year.
0: Mike, I greatly appreciate the, the time that you've taken with us. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing off the field, because I feel as an NFL legacy player that we have a legacy and that's to be charitable. And and you have shown, shown that. Um, how important is it? Because I I communicated with you last year when you were nominated for the Walter Payton. And I won the first Walter Payton Award winner. What would that mean to you as a human being to be able to win that award one day? I mean, just to be nominated
1: is a, is a is tremendous dope. honor, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I mean, I never even thought about any mm-hmm. of this. I've always when I was young, I wanted to grow up in you know, make a lot of money playing a sport I love. And then with the money I make, just take care of my family and then people in need. That's all I really wanted to do when I was young. And just to be nominated, that's just a bonus to be, you know, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. That's just a bonus. But if I ever win it, you know, obviously it's going to be one of the best honors I've ever received. And, uh, you know, I love what the Walter Payton, the family Mm -hmm. is doing, Walter Payton's family is doing. And, uh, you know, I hope they keep that legacy going. Um, and I'm just I'm just honored to be, you know, in that in the same like as you know, all these other guys that are
0: doing great things for their communities and you know, their hometowns and things like that. You have the individual. Acknowledgements, you have the Pro Bowls. You have the Super Bowl. What's a real goal for Mike Evans as you enter year number eight on a stack? Because. When you start getting this point in your career, you have to compromise sometime your numbers. You know, I ah, man, I might not be able to get mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns. I might not be able to get 1,400 because we have to all yeah. of these mouths feet. What are real goals for you at this point in your career?
1: I don't think about like the numbers as far as like what I'm going to have at the end of the mm-hmm. season because every year is different. Um I just want to make the most plays possible. You know, I want to be better than I was last year. I want a higher catch percentage. I want to run better after the catch. I always try to get better at yak, always because that's that's one too. Um, You know, especially since I'm I'm very healthy this year. I hope I can you know have my have my best uh, season with yak and uh, just some more big plays. I want some more big plays this year and uh, just try to make the most of my opportunities. You know, I don't know a set number. Well, obviously, I'd like to continue the streak. A, a thousand yard seasons to start a career um, and get into the playoffs and then you know try to get back to the dance.
0: He's Mike Evans, football fans. Mike, thanks for joining us. I hope people out there, I hope they realize that you're more than a football player. Um, thank you for sharing your life experiences, because that's not always easy, um, even though sometimes it does roll off our tongue. It's not always easy to think about those memories and keep making a mark. They're in Tampa, and they're in G-Town, because I know they're very, very proud of you. And as a former wide receiver that's played the game, I greatly appreciate how you go about it and how you've developed into not only the man on the field, but who you are off the field and taking advantage of the NFL stage. It's Mike Evans, seven straight 1,000-yard seasons, NFL record, broke my man straight cash, homie Randy Moss's record. That's my guy, (laughs) though. Super Bowl champion, newly minted there in Tampa Bay. Super Bowl 55 with Tom Terrific. Mike, we're pulling for you this season. Have a record-breaking season. Thanks for joining us on Wide Receiver 1. Chris, you're a legend. Thank you, man. I Thank appreciate you, brother. you. Let's stay in contact with each other. Special thanks to Mike Evans. And thanks for listening to Wide Receiver 1, a Blue Wire podcast presented by WinBet. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Carter. Catch you next week.